Hi, I'm Steve McCoy and welcome to another episode of the Raw McCoy podcast, where we explore the wonderful world of natural health to hopefully enlighten you even a little with evidence-based light-hearted chat and also empower you a whole lot so you can take control of your health and well-being. I'm here again with my friend and human behavior specialist, Michael Adams, who as part of our Mind Health series will today be looking at the emotion connection. And we'll be asking, what are your emotional triggers? Hi, Mike. It's great to have you here again. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Now, to get this started, I thought, well, let me do a little of my own sort of homework here. And, And one of the things that I I looked into was the description of emotional triggers and what it actually meant. And this was the description. Emotional triggers are those super reactive places inside you that become activated by someone else's behaviours or comments. When triggered, you may either withdraw emotionally and simply feel hurt or angry or respond in an aggressive way that you will probably regret later. Yeah. I'm handing over to you, Mike, your thoughts on that statement. Well, it's really strange that you went there. And uh, for those of you uh, out there who who, who listen to this, we don't rehearse this. Not at all. uh, We we, we go from the hip. But I actually recognise that. And it's uh, Dr. Uh, Judith Orloff who goes on to say emotional triggers are just wounds that need healing. And that is an extremely apt description because ultimately, and again, once again, the emotional triggers that we're talking about are the ones that affect you negatively. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in in that respect, they're coming from a much deeper place. Sure. And it is a wound that needs healing so that actually that trigger isn't activated again in the future. But very often... Those emotion, emotional wounds and the emotional triggers are deep-seated. So we're not even necessarily aware that they're there. Absolutely. We're back to Mr. Basil Ganglia. They're stalled in the middle of our, of our brain. And it's a reaction that uh, when the circumstances occur, that's how we react. So there are all sorts of emotional triggers and, and, and they can be fear there can be guilt there can be anger there can be all sorts there could be love there could be all sorts of Mm -hmm. all sorts of all sorts of things Mm -hmm. and without doubt as you say we we have them and sometimes we don't recognize and often we don't recognize that uh you know that we have them um i have a, a friend who is uh you know she shared this story with me and her name's rosemary rosemary said to me that and she, you know, she's from Ghana. She grew up uh, in the UK, in London, went to a, a school in, in London. And her experience of going to school at that time was, you know, was quite traumatic in the fact that she was bullied um, by a number of uh, girls from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Now, what that did to her was as she grew up or or what it allowed her to 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 feel enabled her to feel was this overwhelming dislike of everything relating to jamaica Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. 
including the country itself. It mm-hmm. should never even been there. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, as life would have it, as you know, she went on to uh, to work as part of her her career. She was invited to Jamaica, and. This was an incredible journey for her because she now had to face all of her you know, biggest those nemesis that she exactly that she had previously gone through, and she ended up you know going to uh, to visit the, the 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 country on her way. You know when she returned, she said to me, "It was the most wonderful place. <laughs> she enjoyed it so much. It gave her a very very different perspective. But she'd been carrying." Mm-hmm. All of you know all of these mm-hmm. emotions leading up mm-hmm. you know leading up to this and. Whenever she thought about Jamaica, the trigger mm-hmm. was obviously, you know, was, was, was anything re- mm-hmm. relating to Jamaica, mm-hmm. but it stemmed from the experiences that she had as a child at school. Mm-hmm. What you've just witnessed there is very often emotional triggers are irrational. And what happened with that journey and that trip, she was actually brought into the rational aspect of mm. the true Jamaica, of what Jamaica represented. However, however, that doesn't mean that her experience wasn't very real. These things happened to her. Mm-hmm. She lived that. So therefore, anything, any any link that reminded her of something that absolutely she wouldn't want to experience again. The trauma. Absolutely. The trauma of mm. it paints a picture absolutely paints a picture and that's what that's what you're seeing now Mm. when you have a look at emotional triggers you know we're sitting here as um two black men in our formative years Mm -hmm. now in our history going back we will have read about slavery we will have read about um our displacement we as as a people and we would Look at the other side. You take somebody who, uh, you know, is wearing a white sheet, a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, our proximity to that, living in the UK, wasn't there. But that person who's wearing that, um, who's wearing that cloak has been conditioned, just like Rosemary. Mm. He, that person's been conditioned to see us as not even second class citizens. Sure. Worse. It's in their cognition, uh, in their conditioning and ultimately that conditioning uh, just the sight of us emotionally triggers them mm-hmm. because of what their belief about us is sure so emotional triggers happening uh, they're pervasive they're around us everywhere and i could recall a very recent uh, situation that you witnessed with me Happened yesterday. Happened last night. We were, and both of us are invested in one way or another in the world of football. Absolutely. And last night was a ne- we spent an evening with Andrew, with Andrew Cole. Cole. Indeed, yeah. The, uh, for those of you that play play for, he's a Manchester United legend. Andrew shared, and the common thread of all his stories, whether they were football, or whether they were about him as the man, was. There was an underlying emotional triggers when he got into certain situations, how he dealt with them. 
that was very evident. Yes, you're absolutely right. And in the same way as when he dealt with incidents on a football pitch or anybody who challenged him. There was a consistency about it. There was a consistency (laughs) about it. And what was interesting is that consistency tripped in, uh, kicked in, even when he was facing death with Mm -hmm. an illness. Sure. Because his default emotional trigger was, this is how I deal with stuff when I get in this situation. And that's a very, very powerful, powerful thing. And it, it... and we don't realise that we do it automatically. We do it without thought. And so with that in mind, Mike, that we have a, a couple of scenarios here where we have been so used to dealing with things in a certain way that we're not necessarily even aware that we are doing those things. And we're certainly not aware what our emotional triggers are. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest that someone could identify their emotional triggers? That's a great question. That is a really good question. Now, the fact of the matter is, again, our body changes. Our body language changes when when something negative happens. It can be an expression. It can be a feeling. It's recognising that that change has happened. Mm. Um, and it can happen in the simplest circumstances. Uh, a good example may be a child does something wrong. Um, the child is confronted by a parent. The child lies. The parent now respond. That's now an emotional trigger mm-hmm. for the parent. The lie is an emotional trigger for the child. The parent now responds from a place of anger because the child's lie lied. And that's an automatic default to jump to that place. I would argue when you are emotionally angry, is that the best mode to be in to deal with your child who's just done something wrong? I think most of us would say probably not, right? (laughs) But it's what we all do. And the ability to step back from it, let that first emotional trigger to calm down and then deal with the situation is a learned skill. It's a reprogramming. I mean, when I think of myself in this situation and I think of what my possible emotional triggers would be and, and I think about them when I've been in, in environments or situations where uh, there has either been a criticism or there's been a judgment. And when I read the, the initial, you know, the opening piece about what emotional triggers actually are and the reaction to those which are either uh, to withdraw emotionally and simply feel hurt or angry or responding in an aggressive way that you'll probably regret later. Mine is the former. So I'll generally withdraw and feel hurt and angry and then have to you know, process that and deal with that internally. And that's what I, I, I feel that I've probably done uh, most of my well, life. Well, let's have a look at what withdrawal means. When we withdraw, do we really withdraw? What we do is we put up a false field. Mm. We, what we, call, we, we, we use the term withdraw... Really, what we do is ring fence. We go, you're not coming in here no more. Okay, I don't, I don't want to deal with this situation. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to see you. I don't even. I don't want your energy around me. You've because you've now gone gone to a space well, where I, I think you've just described me there. Actually, <laughs> okay. and so you're so now you know protection, protection, protection. That's where you've gone. And 
you know, that's a basic human thing. That is a basic human thing. Where you've got to go to is why am I responding like that? Why can that person get to me? What's informing me? What is in my belief system that makes me respond to that in that way? Think about this. We become critical of certain people who aren't bothered by certain things. Why don't you say something? Why don't you do that? <laughs> That's so true. That's what we do. That's we so do true. instead of recognising, I said that person's all right. That <laughs> so didn't trigger true. them. Absolutely. And we look at them like there's something wrong with them. No, man, you can't do that. You can't. No, 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 you can't let that person. Do it. What do you mean? It doesn't bother me. No, no, that should bother you. They're trying to. Yeah, yeah. You're now just seeing two people dealing with the same situation very differently. But we're being critical because this person wasn't emotionally triggered to do something about it. Or they've not dealt with it in the way that we, we would, would have, we, and we, then expect them to, yeah. We would do it. So they've got, and, and some people may see that as a weakness. But actually, the other person's getting on with their, their merry life. They're mm. not bothered. Then, So a lot of it comes down to what is it, what's at the core beliefs that is informing me to be triggered in this way emotionally? And so you're saying that that recognising how we react emotionally to a given situation will allow us to identify what those emotional triggers are. Absolutely. You've got to track back. You've got to, you've got to have a look. You know, some of it can be the way that you've been brought up, the, the way in which your parents responded to things becomes your behaviour pattern. And again, it becomes conditioning. It becomes mm. something you don't, you don't have to think about. When, when I get into the situation, this is what I do. Mm. The fact that you've got a choice to behave another way doesn't occur to you. That's right. Uh, 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 how many times, you know, if you had a penny for the amount of times people in your life and in my life um, said that, oh, that, that's just who I am. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we'd be Being extremely very, very, well very off. Very wealthy well yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sure we've used that mm. saying ourselves. I'm now in a position where I no longer say that. Yeah. I recognise that I've always got a choice. Uh, I still have emotional triggers. But what I do is I question them now. Right. And I and if the underlying belief is something that I feel isn't serving me, I change it. So we're talking about here taking a step back at that moment and 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 really again we've used this term in, in, in previous podcasts, but taking the time to have a conversation with yourself. Absolutely. Recognize what's going on. Uh, you are in one way or another there is a, there is a dialogue going on a mental dialogue going on and some of it is preconditioned it's there we don't question it we just go with it the ability to start questioning it is is the connection we've lost and i imagine just as we, you know we talked about andrew cole's story last night there's this consistency i imagine in in how we generally react to whatever it is that's triggered us so absolutely it allows us once we we become more aware it allows us to i imagine to identify it. and whether that trigger be the fact of feeling rejected or ignored or blamed or shamed or uh you know people trying to control us or in my case as i said feeling judged or criticized for whatever that may be 
there's a consistency in terms of how we deal with uh, with those things. Yeah, I, uh, there, there most there most certain there most certainly is. If if you're the type of person you explained one of your um, one of your tactics as such is to withdraw. Sure. And in the same situation, another person's tactic is to strike out. Mm. Now, very often within your um, within your story and your upbringing. You will have seen people who react certain ways in certain models, and you adopt those models, all right? If your your brother, your sister, your father, your mother struck out in certain situations, that becomes a part of your makeup. That mm. feels normal till till you do it enough times. You don't even have to think about it. When somebody does this, this is what I do. Now it's interesting also that you that you talk about when someone uh, does something. In my case, it, it generally is. Um, and not just someone per se, but it'll be people who I regard as being close. Absolutely, to me. because and they're that the ones who the kind of, Right, has the biggest kind of impact. Right, so yeah. I'm not affected in in the same way by a total stranger at yeah. all. But it's yeah. by some, it's by, it's by yeah. people who are close. But it leads me on to uh, you know, the question of what are the what are the forms can these triggers appear as? Because it's not just in the form of 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 people, right? So it could be a place that could trigger it. It could be an anniversary yeah. or a, or a you know a traumatic event yeah. so that's that's the sort those are sort of things that could also act as emotional triggers right? yeah absolutely i mean um environments that 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 you're in um expectations again there's that word you know certainly not meeting expectations could could trigger an emotional uh, fee, uh, tr- uh could trigger emotionally you know mm. you may not feel worthy you may not feel um, you should be in this space because uh, did I make the right decision? So you start bringing on the language that validates your emotional state, mm. and that's and there's a lot of validation going on. And if you're in a group that um, where everybody else feels the same, there's that external validation that going validate, on absolutely. as well. So collectively, we validate that that yeah. behaviour is yeah. all um, okay. See, I tell you what, I find quite. Um, quite interesting in this is when we talk about the, the the different and the various forms that triggers can can appear as and if we look at one of of the anniversary of a of a traumatic event so for example i know a number of people who have who have lost uh, loved ones family members people have been close to them and prior to the anniversary of that uh, you know, of the death or of of, of the the traumatic event. I will hear people saying that they already know that they're going to be sad on that day. They already oh. know how they're going to feel on that day. You have no idea know. what you've said to me. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it's 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 incredible that people are making the decision well before the date of how they're going to feel on that day and generally what happens they fall they feel exactly like Uh, that on that day you you have i had no idea you were going to go there and like anything else it it has made me immediately connect with something that happened to me last year last year i lost my brother one of my my one of my older brothers out in grenada in the caribbean uh I got on a plane from here, 
uh, and I went to uh, to Grenada to deliver the eulogy. Now, when I got up to the platform to deliver the eulogy, as we know in Caribbean, uh, in the Caribbean, and in you know we celebrate death in a different way, mm-hmm. um, and the emotion comes out, the sadness is there. I remember going up making a speech talking about my brother and at the end of the speech I said there's no need to be sad what we need to do is celebrate my brother's life can we have 30 seconds where we clap the life of my brother everybody looked at me like I was mad because that's not what they normally do I said I know this is what you normally do but I'm going to clap my brother So I started clapping on my own. By the end of the 30 seconds, everybody was clapping and everybody had a smile on their face. The whole emotion changed. All of a sudden, the room lifted. And at the end of that clap, I said, that's what my brother would have wanted. Mm. And people got it. But it wasn't what they'd been conditioned to. And they did not believe that it was right at the beginning of that 30 seconds. Mm. But by the end of the 30 seconds... They saw the validity in it. Sure. So thank you for that. That's 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 really interesting. That's brought me into now uh, as well. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's a really interesting story. And it's fascinating how, A, through conditioning, as you say, we begin to to make these assumptions and 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 plan almost as to how we're going to feel way in advance of you know of the actual event. Something I wanted to, to run by you, which was Really, for you to be able to give us some examples, if you could, of how emotional triggers can affect our health, whether that be mentally, physically or otherwise. Um, we've explored the fact of, of being aware and, and, and the actual triggers themselves. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it's quite simple because, and I don't have to go too deep into this mm-hmm. to, to come up with an explanation. We use simple words like people who describe themselves as stubborn. Stubborn is a derivative of an emotional trigger. People get stubborn because of where they emotionally it's taken them. So therefore, and that stubborn decision can absolutely cut off their journey to something that was good for them. Mm-hmm. But being stubborn becomes more important than actually what it is I'm trying to achieve. Because of that emotional trigger. So negative emotional triggers are always going to end up delivering something that doesn't serve you. Or end up making you feel even more bitter. Right. It's the recognition that this is this is the journey you go on. As we started saying, Judith Olof said, there are emotional wounds that need healing. I mean, that was that was really, really poignant. I felt that. Once we start to heal those wounds, these things don't affect... You know, the beauty to be able to say, that used to affect me, it doesn't affect me anymore. It's a wonderful thing. It's massive. It's a wonderful thing. And so we're now in a place where we're aware, we've identified uh, what these, you know, what these emotional triggers are. We recognise that they are not serving us and we are desperate to do something about this. What would you say we can do to uh, to deal with these uh, these emotional triggers that we are now aware of? 
Okay, the thing, the recurring theme that is going to occur throughout all of these podcasts is the dialogue you have with yourself, mm-hmm. is the recognition of what's going on with you physically and mentally at any given time. We need to understand that at all moments of our life, whilst we're still taking in here, we are making decisions. Mm-hmm. We are making choices. And some of those choices, as we've, as we've said there, can be governed by our belief system and how we emotionally respond. So the first thing to do is when we respond to a situation, we need to step back and go, where did that come from? Mm. Where did that response come from? What is it in my belief system that takes me down that road? So it's it's the ability to pause. Because remember, at the start, you haven't got control over that emotional trigger. That's why we just go with it. But when it's been activated, if we can learn how to pause at that moment before you take that next action, mm-hmm. that's where the process start of changing it. So now we've made the changes. We have identified really that this is something that you know, hasn't served us in, in, in the past. And we have recognize that we want to move forward with creating a, a, a different uh, set of rules if you like in terms of how we, you know, how mm-hmm. we deal with things and um, I think that what I'd like to say really this has been probably one of the podcasts that I have found not just most interesting but most personal to myself mm-hmm. in as much as uh, recognizing my own emotional triggers well i'm glad you said that Uh, the fact that you've taken it on board personally is in fact evidence of how it's emotionally triggered you yes it has indeed and i hope it has had a similar impact on our listeners so mike i would like to thank you once again for imparting your amazing knowledge and insight on this subject of the emotion connection Thanks for listening to this episode of the Royal McCoy podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for our next episode, which will be all about you are where you live and we'll be exploring how the environment plays a part in our health. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Royal McCoy podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can subscribe in your podcast app so you never miss a show. And you can also catch up on all our podcasts at therawmccoy.com.